0: Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Jesse, today's topic is one that we haven't tackled before on the podcast, which is actually surprising because I feel like it's something that we have a lot of experience with. And that is...
1: Not really, but yeah, okay.
0: Are you going to argue with me about this? Yeah, I think so. It's how we've stopped arguing. Now, not to say that we... Are you going <laughs> to...
1: Okay. I wouldn't say stopped arguing, stopped fighting is more of a better characterization of it, but.
0: Okay, yes. I would say.
1: I think it's your definition of argument.
0: Yes, because for me, I was thinking it could be fighting or it could be heated arguments. Some people, when they think of fighting, they think of like actual like domestic abuse kind of thing okay. or something like that. So yeah,
1: everybody has their own definitions and own baggage. Yes. So
0: arguing, I'm talking about very heated
1: arguments, discussions,
0: no arguments because we still have plenty of discussions like we're having right now. We still don't see eye to eye on things often, but it's the way that we are approaching it, not from a really heated angry, I need to be right sort of perspective. But okay, let's communicate about this. Let's get now, on the same page.
1: Don't get too far ahead of yourself here. How so? I thought we were gonna, you're just doing an intro, not necessarily going straight into what we're going to be talking about.
0: Anyway, clearly we didn't talk about the title ahead of time. And clearly <laughs> we don't see eye to eye on what we should title this. So we're still a work in progress and it's not That we Speak for yourself. (laughs) That we are perfect at this, but it is something that God has really changed and grown us in compared to where we were at the beginning of our marriage, where we were even 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So we just want to share some things that we've learned. But before we get to that, we're going to start the show like we always do with giving you a little personal family update. Um, This is a big week for us. When This podcast drops. Um, Little Baby D will have already had his cleft palate repair surgery, which is, I believe, only the fourth time we have had a child go under. Is that accurate? Unless I'm forgetting something. Catherine had her adenoids out and tubes put in her ears.
1: Right. And then
0: Baby D had his lip repair surgery five That's weeks too. after we got him. Then he had to go back in and get his sutures oh, removed.
1: He, I guess he did he go under did for that. He did go under okay. for that. Yep. It was a very short okay. one. I had forgotten about that one.
0: And so then this is, this is the most extensive surgery for any of our kids ever. It is supposed to be about a six-hour surgery. So they are repairing his cleft palate, which he has a unilateral Full cleft palate. If I'm saying that correctly, if there are any doctors or medical people, that you can correct me. But basically, it means that both his hard and soft palates are split. So if you were to look in his mouth right now, before the surgery, his gums are split down. Not it's kind of a little bit over to the side, but there's a split Mm -hmm. in his gums, so they're disconnected. And then his entire roof of his mouth is completely split. So all the way to the back. All the way back. And so this has caused a lot of issues for many different things. Um, It causes obviously feeding issues. Right now he's kind of maxed out his ability to eat and drink any better than he currently can because a lot of food that is solids gets stuck up there if it's Pieces of solid food, it will get stuck up there and a lot of times will come out his nose mm-hmm. because his, the roof of his mouth is just open. Swallowing is a real challenge when it comes to liquids, which is why he has a G tube. But then in addition, it affects his ability to make noises. So if you think about when you talk, how often you use the roof of your mouth for different sounds, there are a lot of sounds he cannot make. Because his is just open. And there are a lot of sounds that he can make that most of us can't make Mm -hmm. because of it being just completely open. So anyway, we're really hopeful that the surgery is going to go well. They will be repairing the roof of his mouth, like I talked about. And then also attempting to put tubes in his ears. He has significant hearing loss, but they feel like putting tubes in his ears will really, really help with his hearing. Um, And then they're also going to be doing a pretty intensive auditory, I don't know what you would call it, examination? Yeah,
1: he's going to be getting an ABR test done to test whether or not he is hearing or that the hearing loss is is conductive or not.
0: So it will hopefully give us some answers regarding his hearing loss because Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of just unknowns there and what that will look like for the future. Although he's improved so much. He, mm-hmm. he now startles with some sounds. He responds to some sounds and he has very much overcompensated by sight. Like we feel like he reacts so much with sight. And so to maybe just a regular person, you would not even pick up on his inability to hear or he he does a good job of kind of masking it just because Mm -hmm. I feel like he he has a very heightened sense of sight Mm -hmm. and he uses that. But we'd really love for him to be able to hear better than he is currently because that will help him with so many things in his life, but especially because he's getting ready to start speech therapy. And so not only having his palate closed, but then also hopefully his ears being able to work better will allow him to be able to speak and understand language a lot better. Mm -hmm. So that's a big deal. Um, We do not know how long he's going to be in the hospital. It just really depends upon his recovery. When he had his lip repair, um, because he also had a cleft lip, um, which went all the way up to his nostril. So when we first got him, he did not have a nostril at all on one side. And they created that whenever they closed his lip up. He really struggled with coming out of the anesthesia and it took him a good two and a half days, which from many mothers who have children with down syndrome, I've heard it's actually a fairly common thing with down syndrome, down syndrome and anesthesia just do not play well. So we'll see. He struggled with his oxygen levels and had to be on oxygen and just struggled with, he just wasn't himself for a good two and a half days. It was like he was awake, but he wasn't. Um, And he didn't really start smiling or responding for two and a half days. So Just a lot to trust God with. I know there are many families who have much more extensive surgeries. I keep thinking of your parents walking through you having brain tumors, and Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine what that would be like. Or open heart surgery. I know many people who have children with Down syndrome who go through the open heart surgery. And so this is somewhat minor in the grand scheme of things, but feels pretty major to us and just Mm to have our little boy go under for six hours. It's a lot. And it's been a lot for my mama heart, but we're just trusting God. And hopefully next week when we record a podcast, we will have a really good update to share with you all. But if you're interested, I'm sure I'll be posting on Instagram. You can follow along on Instagram, The Money Saving Mom. Jesse, what's saving your life this week?
1: We were talking about that you know, one thing that I uh, have been struggling with here recently, well, not just recently, let's see, all my life, maybe, but I'd say consistency. I appreciate yeah. your honesty. <laughs> well, you're going from recently to all my life, you know, it's about 40 years, you know, anyway, just being... Cons- about
0: 40 years, excuse me.
1: Hey, it's about, me? it's about 40 years.
0: <clears throat> I think that you are over forty years.
1: I'm rounding down.
0: <laughs> okay, is that what we start doing when we turn forty?
1: <laughs> Anywho, especially in the areas of of working out, staying consistent. You know, I find a plan. Like to plan, hop a little bit and get creative, and because I have my own gym in our basement, and so I I like to play around with scheduling different workouts for myself. But anyway, um, one thing that has caught my eye recently is a, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a fad, but it's kind of a kind of a discipline hack in a way. It's called Seventy Five Hard, and it's a pro- program that some people are following that just to produce more discipline in their lives. So I thought starting something like this would be beneficial just to keep track of some disciplines that I want to do to make sure that I'm faithful and carrying those out every day. This specific program. 75 hard program, there are certain things you have to do to have considered uh, completing that program. So I modified it a little bit using a program that we have uh, that I use called SugarWad for keeping track of my workouts. And instead of doing the whole 75 hard, which is two workouts, one inside, one outside, reading 10 pages a day, following a diet, reading... Or Isn't it, it
0: gratitude? Is, what you're supposed
1: I to think Something gratitude about meditation, something along those lines. So instead of doing like the six or seven things that you have to do a day, because then if you skip a day, you have to restart that 75 days to actually have considered completing the program. So I decided just to do a um, workout for 30 minutes, drink 90 ounces of water. Oh, yeah, you're supposed to drink like a gallon and a half of water. So 90 ounces of water, sleep seven hours because uh, sleep has been pretty hard to come by for me at least consistent sleep and um, honestly since we started doing this uh, it's really really helped a lot and- so you just
0: have those three things so sleep seven hours at least 90 ounces of water uh-huh. and what was workout for 30 minutes okay which I mean I feel like it's great to set goals that I think this will push you a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's not pushing it's you not push- too, too far. Hard and in a way that you're kind of setting yourself up
1: for failure. Right. And becoming discouraged when you don't do every single day.
0: Mm-hmm. Like John Acuff talks about in his book, I think it was Finish, about cutting your goals in half. Mm-hmm. And I think that motivation of like, okay, this is doable, is a lot of times what will keep you doing it. Right. Then if it's just, you look at the list and you're like, no, no, no. I can't even do that today. And and I think just taking into consideration the season of our life that we're in, I think exactly. it's really wise, you know, to think about that. And so maybe for someone listening, they're were they were like, I need all 10 things of the 75 hard or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Is there a place that they can go and look up details on that? Or if you just I'm search sure. 75 hard, just
1: search, just hashtag 75 hard, we'll pull something up.
0: It's on Instagram. Yeah. Is that where you're seeing it? Okay. But because I think it's,
1: it's a 75 day discipline program, basically uh, accountability program. So, um, and they have different levels that you can do. You can move on from the 75 to move on to, you know, people are doing multiple rounds. So my, my point was, let's start small. Mm -hmm. And then if I want to move up and do the whole 75 hard program, I can do that later, building, taking these small steps and, and building up to that point.
0: Well, and I think it's even cut it in half in the sense of, instead of 75, Let's do 32 hard. You know, let's Mm -hmm. figure out what feels doable to you right now, but in a way that it's going to push you a little bit as well. I think there are seasons for really big, audacious goals. And there are seasons for just those little nudge goals. And so figuring out which season you're in and what's going to be best for you. What I wanted to share about is a teeth whitening Program of sorts. Um, I actually shared about this on Instagram and I don't know for sure how to pronounce it. It's L U M I N E U X. So in my head, I think of like French. I can show it to you. To me, I would pronounce it. How would you pronounce it? Lumino. Yeah. So I would pronounce it Lumino. Like that's how I've been pronouncing it in my head. But then Today, I saw something from the brand that I'm thinking maybe it's Luminew, but I'm not completely sure. Anyway.
1: Okay, the Luminew, that new white, is it like a a teeth whitening? Yes. New white smile? Luminew sounds like probably that's what it is. Okay,
0: it's just the EUX at the end that is kind of throwing me off. Regardless, it works really well. Even if I don't know how to pronounce the brand, I, they had actually sent it to me in the mail. They were wanting me to promote it on Instagram. And I am always leery of these kinds of things. But I was like, okay, you can send it to me because I had just noticed that my teeth were not looking white. In fact, I'd had someone on the podcast and we'd taken a picture next to one another. And the first thing that I noticed in the picture was her teeth look so white and mine looks so yellow. And it was like the next day that this company contacted me. And so I was like, sure, you can send me the stuff. I was sure it wasn't going to work, but it's all natural from what I can tell. And it's made with essential oils and coconut oils. And it's a lot better for you than a lot of the other brands out there of teeth whitening strips and systems. And it's actually very affordable. Like if you were to go to the dentist and get your teeth whitened, I know ours right now is offering a special that it was $150 this with a coupon code is somewhere in the vicinity of about $30. And I was shocked. So I started using it. And within a few days, so you put the strips on every day for seven days, that's what you're supposed to do. That's all I did. I, did this, I didn't even do the other things in the program. They have like a rinse and they have teeth whitening pen and different things. Just put the strips on. And with, by the third day, I was looking in the mirror and I was like, why does my face look different? my teeth look so white. And by the end of seven days, I could tell a major difference. In fact, Did you was, take a
1: before and after picture? I
0: should have, but it, it was one of those things that were like, I kept looking in the mirror. I know that sounds so weird because my teeth look so white. And so I ended up telling this company, hey, if, If you want to offer a really great discount for my um, people, I'm happy to share your link and stuff. This is not sponsored, by the way. I'm just sharing this because I loved this product. Um, But anyway, so you can look it up. I'll probably be sharing about it on Instagram again. It's actually on my Instagram highlights. If you want to go to the Money Saving Mom, they gave me a 20% off coupon code, but it's L-U-M-I-N-E-U-X. And we'll put a link to it in the show notes. And I'll try to see if I can get the link Also with the 20% off coupon code for the show notes. But like I said, this is not sponsored. I just loved the system and found it to be really helpful. So if you're looking for a teeth whitening system that is more natural and really great, especially for sensitive teeth and pretty affordable, I'd recommend this one. Do you have any books that you've been reading, Jesse?
1: Just continuing on plugging away with the audiobooks.
0: Any updates you want to share on anything or you're just, that's what you've got. Yep. I actually have finished some books, which I feel so accomplished about. I don't know what happened, but in the last week, I feel like this switch was just flipped and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to finish books. So I finished two books this last week and I have two more that I've almost finished. So that feels really amazing to kind of get back into that reading and finishing books rhythm. But one book that I finished was A Surrendered Yes by Rebecca Lyons. It's actually a devotional. So maybe you're like, that's cheating a little bit because that's kind of short. There are only 52 little devotionals, but you got to start somewhere. And it was just really encouraging. I actually, last week on the podcast, if you missed it, we had Rebecca Lyons on and I did a whole episode with her on some of the concepts that were in this book. So highly recommend it. Listen to our episode if you haven't done so. I think you'll be really, really encouraged. She shares her journey of Being told that her son, after he's born, has Down syndrome, and just what it's like to process through that. And there are a lot of tears and a lot of rawness that she shares on this episode, but I think it just really will encourage you, wherever you are in life, what it looks like to live your life with your hands open in surrender to the Lord. I've also been reading to Kirsten, and I finished one book. That I'm not going to recommend because I only gave it two stars, but we're reading the Imagination Station books, which I read to our three older kids when they were little, and so it's been really, really fun to get back to reading some of those books. I have this whole list of books that I want to read to her, but I'm kind of waiting until she gets where she can enjoy the books a little bit more, Mm -hmm. and then I'm just so excited to dive into all these books that we read with the older kids, but the Imagination Station books are great if you have newer readers or they're fun to read aloud to younger kids because they're short and they have history woven in them, but also kind of some mystery and imagination. And if you are familiar with Adventures and Odyssey, Wits End, um, it's very much in that style because it's put out by Focus on the Family. All right, let's talk about how we've stopped arguing, I should say, Very often, maybe how's that?
1: Sounds (laughs) good.
0: Is that an accurate statement? So, I had someone ask me recently on Instagram, Do you guys fight? How would you answer that question, Jesse, if you were asked that?
1: Honestly, I think it depends on your definition. Like what we've already talked about, Mm -hmm. different people have different views when when they think of fighting. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. Is it a heated argument? Is it yelling? Is it raised voices? Is it Physical.
0: I feel like early on in our marriage, we full on fought in the sense of like very heated, sometimes yelling, um, very much like we were not seeing eye to eye and we were not listening to one another. Yes. And so, whether you call that a fight or you call that heated arguments, but it was that there was a lot of tension in our relationship a lot of you weren't seen from my perspective and I wasn't seen from your perspective. And so we were just clashing in the Mm -hmm. middle. And I was thinking about that a lot because I was thinking, okay, what changed? Because back then you were gone a lot of the day because you were in law school and working. And then you are working a job with a long commute. And so you were gone for hours and hours at a time. And now we're together so much of the day because we both work from mm-hmm. home and we spend a lot of our waking hours together. And mm-hmm. yet we're so much closer, which you would think if you spend so much time together, that would be kind of the breeding ground for arguments and for disagreements. But I think one of the things, and you can tell me if you disagree with this, I guess, um, I think it's our change in perspective of God and His love for us. Because I think there was some of going into marriage almost expecting from from each other what only God could give. Almost like expecting from you to fulfill my deepest longings and desires. And then you can't be God. You can't Mm -hmm. fill that God-shaped hole in my heart. And so then that led to disappointment. But I also think it was that understanding how deeply I'm loved by God
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that I don't need to do more, try more, be more, be better, strive more, attain some level of perfection in order to receive God's love, that I am loved as I am as a child of God. Mm-hmm. And so once I was able to start understanding that and resting in that love, I feel like it's impacted our marriage a lot. And I think you've had kind of your own journey that you've been on where you also were no longer trying to get the affirmation from me, but finding it in Christ.
1: Right. And that contentment knowing when you're coming from a position where you know that you're loved you can then also come from the understanding that your spouse loves you as well and what is being said is coming from a place of love even though it might come out sideways sometimes it's still coming from a place of love and when you're both coming with that understanding you can approach the conversation differently
0: it's like you have different classes that you put on mm-hmm that you're seeing through and different headphones that you put on that you're hearing through mm-hmm. because i think if you don't believe that you are fully loved by god then i think you're going to have a hard time believing that you're fully loved by others mm-hmm. so then no matter what they say or what they do you're going to view it from the lens and hear it from the headphones of i'm not loved i'm not enough for them I'm a disappointment to them. I don't measure up.
1: I'm never good enough.
0: I'm failing. So they could say whatever, and it's not going to get through to you. It's like there's this brick wall. Right. So I think for both of us, once we were able to camp in God's love for us, then it's allowed us to believe the best of each other. hmm and take what you're saying more at face value instead of kind of twisting it to fit the narrative that we believe about ourselves. Right. And I know there's sometimes we've had conversations where you've had to stop me and say, "Wait, listen to the words that I'm saying. Listen to what I'm actually saying because I will have twisted it around right to be according to a negative narrative that I've created for myself
1: because you're hearing what you want to hear. Mhm.
0: I mean, I would say that's not what I want to hear, but I've decided. It's almost like I've mm-hmm. predecided this is what other people think. Right. And if you think about it, if you've predecided what your spouse, what your kids, what your coworkers, what your community, everyone in your life, your friends, what they think about you, then you're going to be really hard to love it's going to be really hard to give and receive love because you've put up this brick wall through which everything passes through and you're basically changing the colors of their words and their actions to fit this narrative. That's not true. So understanding the depths of how much we are loved by God has really allowed us to rest in that love and then stop expecting from our spouse something that only God can give and start believing the best Of each other. I think this has also helped us to reframe our perspective to see our different personalities as gifts. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast how we come from very different perspectives and we process the world very differently. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that caused a lot of clashing and tension for a long time. But for me to see that as a gift. Versus something that is like a burden, Mm -hmm. something that's wrong with you, something that I need to change in you. But to see it, no, you bring this as a gift to our marriage. It really changes things.
1: Yeah. When you come to realize that, I mean, you have your way of viewing things and then there's the right way. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs)
0: Well, I was also, I was just going to say the other thing is that we can laugh <laughs> right. about how different we are. And sometimes we'll just face it head on. Like uh, we will have a conversation. I'll be like, I know you're thinking this, or I know you need two weeks to process this. And we'll just kind of laugh about mm-hmm. it because it's something that we've learned. I can't expect you to make a really quick decision. That's not how you make decisions. But I used to be so frustrated by mm-hmm. that. And now I see that as a gift because I can make too quick of decisions. Right.
1: Well, and and you see how that is in a sense a weakness on your point. Yeah. And and you're you're viewing it as that. So really it's it's understanding how both of you operate and owning it Mm -hmm. and understanding and working with that with each other.
0: Another thing is that we've changed the way that we communicate most of the time. Sometimes we fall back on bad habits. Old patterns, but really seeking to leave accusations at the door. So it's so easy when you're having a conversation for you to say, you hurt me when you did this, or you made me feel like this, or you did this, or I can't believe that you would be blah, 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 and we're just instantly putting the other person in a position of feeling like they're being accused. And when you feel like you're being accused, you go on the defensive. Right. And it kind of just, you bristle up and you can't really hear what's being said or the heart behind what's being said because you just feel like you're being accused. And so, learning ways to say things instead of saying, you're always so unkind, saying, when this thing happened, it made me feel hurt or Mm -hmm. it made me feel like I wasn't a priority. And so, instead of saying, you aren't prioritizing me they're saying when this happened it made me feel like i wasn't a priority and that's opening up the door for us to have a conversation about that
1: mm-hmm. and honestly that's really really hard and especially for me sometimes you know in, i tend to be very quick when it comes to throwing out the accusations of of not putting things in terms of what that is making me feel like but instead of like you're doing this to me and changing the wording, in order to get to that point, I have to step back and disassociate myself for a second from whatever is going on that is causing that irritation. And in making that step back, I can then reframe it and think, oh, this is how, I, this is how it, whatever you're doing makes me feel. Mm-hmm. So there's... That split second of disassociation really helps to almost, I wouldn't say dissolve it, but it, it dissipates some of the antagonism going on.
0: Mm-hmm. And it helps you to stop and give the other person the benefit of the doubt. Because sometimes it will be my own baggage that I'm bringing to the table. You were doing something completely out of love and kindness But because of something in my past, I viewed it as something very different than love and kindness, or it triggered Mm -hmm. something in me. And so, giving you the benefit of the doubt by saying, when this happened, it made me feel like this, then we're able to talk about it. And you're like, a lot of times it'll be like, what? Right. Excuse me? I am so sorry. That is the last thing. That, you know, here's what I was trying to do. And then we can have a conversation like, where's that coming from? And it helps us both learn and grow and get better. And
1: to communicate. Now, these are situations where your actions or my actions were not purposefully designed to hurt Mm -hmm. or to harm. That's completely different if I was to be doing something that was purposefully designed to harm you. That's a completely... A whole nother ballpark.
0: Well, and I think, you know, there are sometimes I know that I have said things that I've said them out of anger and I said them in order to, in a sense, get back at you mm-hmm. or out of my hurt, I was hurting you or seeking to do that. And so I think that you giving the benefit of the doubt in the conversation, again, like you talked about, it dissipates, it escalates, so that then I can actually say, you know what, you're right. I was being hurtful in what I said and I'm really sorry and I shouldn't have approached it that way and will you forgive me? And so it opens up the door for that kind of conversation Mm -hmm. as well, which sometimes needs to happen because sometimes, yeah, I need to ask forgiveness because my approach or what I said or how I said it was hurtful and it was said out of anger or frustration. I think another thing that's been really, really helpful for us is just prioritizing romance and fun. We know that, especially in the season of life we're in with teenagers and a toddler and a baby who has special needs, there are a lot of logistics just for our home to run. And it would be easy for our marriage to fall into nothing more than planner mode business manager mode. Our conversations revolve around how are we going to get kids from point A to point B? How are we going to do this Jenga thing of life and get all the pieces to work without the whole tower falling down? And that that's what is the glue that's holding us together, which just going to be honest is really bad glue. (laughs) I don't even know that you can call it glue. It's maybe like bandages or something really weak. And so realizing that we want to have conversations that are about the future, that are about just dreaming and talking about things that we're learning and doing things that are fun, that don't have anything to do with the kids or the business. Mm -hmm. Like we went axe throwing last week with another couple and just just doing fun things, just looking into one another's eyes and... You know, just saying sweet nothings, just, you know, reminding ourselves of why we love one another. What are you laughing about?
1: When you were we were with axe ax throwing, and I guess it's talking about fighting, and then you see looking into each other's eyes, and all I could picture is you looking into my eyes with an axe in your hand.
0: We were throwing to a board, okay? I don't even know what to call it, but something fun that was Mm -hmm. different. I mean, when we were in Silver Dollar City, you and I got to ride roller coasters together Mm -hmm. because I realized we never even talked about that trip on the podcast. But my parents were there, and they offered to watch the little ones so that you and I could just go around and just be together for a while. And I think those things are important. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't have someone who can babysit your kids— Figuring out ways to get creative with what you do have and prioritizing your marriage, saying this is a priority and us, what we have outside of the business or the kids or our ministries or whatever, us.
1: Right. Because when all else fades away, when your stage of life changes, you are all you have. Mm -hmm. You know, the kids will grow up, the kids will leave. Jobs may change, but your relationship is still there. And so don't forget what drew you together in the first place.
0: And I think that right there, making each other laugh, making time for fun, having that breathing room in your relationship that says you're a priority, that right there can dissipate so much tension Mm -hmm. because you're going back to basics. What really matters? We're going to fight for us instead of fighting against each other, we're going to fight for us. And that is the kind of fighting that you can be doing in your marriage. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.